0: It's Ryan Herrings of Lockdown Badgers. Hey, what's up? It's Matt Sheehan of Lockdown Spartans. And yes, we are combining forces to break down this Saturday's game between two teams that could really use some good news here. But before we get to any of that, hey, really quick, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. It's Bet Online where the game starts. Ryan, how are things in your neck of the woods going, man? Are we doing okay over there?
1: Yeah, I mean, we did fire a coach. We're a 500 team, uh, picked to win sure. the West again this year, and that is going downhill.
0: You know, it's funny because
1: I we were talking off air really quick, and we were just kind of because it's been a rough a rough stretch, right, for both of our, our programs here. Yeah, a little bit, but you remember God. when it was good, right? Like we uh, had we had this great rivalry going. You were beating us in a hail mary, which, by the way, th- um, we're not going to make this show about the past, but I do have to mention the hail mary okay. game where y'all beat us is one uh-huh. of my most devastating fan losses in the history of my life. Perfect. Perfect. It, awesome. It it hurt me to the core. But then we beat you in the sure. Big Ten title game. You had Kirk Cousins. We had Russell Wilson. Like it was so much fun. What mm-hmm. happened to us?
0: I don't, you know what, uh, to, to, you know, play a little, uh, uh, dejection tennis here, uh, you were really beat up after that loss. That loss in the Big Ten Championship game was the saddest I've ever been and ever will be. It even triumphs, like, losing to Middle Tennessee State. It it triumphs, you know, any loss to Michigan we've ever had. Like, I I cried around my girlfriend's parents that night. Now she is my wife and they're my in laws. They really saw the true colors that day, but, uh, yeah, we're starting this episode on a hot note here. Look at us go, just right. talking about the Look great times go. that we've had. But yeah, you know what? I, I, I do come in peace. I am wearing my 2015 Final Four shirt. Uh, so this is a as much of a peace offering as I can give the Badger fans right here. But also reminiscing on the good days as well, no matter days. what sport it may be. Um, Ryan, here's a situation <laughs> going into this weekend. Saturday, 4 p.m., Badgers at Spartans. Uh, a few months ago, the storyline's here. Amazing. Paul Chris charging into East Lansing with his Badgers looking to keep pace as you know leaders of the Big Ten West, fast-tracking their way to Indianapolis. And my Michigan State Spartans most likely coming off of their first loss of the season to Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Let's even call it the second loss of the season. Fives are still pretty good over here in East Lansing. So we can um, just go ahead and rip that script clean in half. Uh, yeah, agreed. What's going on now? Three and three, Badgers. You are sans Paul Christ. My Spartans are running a four-game losing streak over Madison. Okay, what's the storyline now for this game for you guys? What do we got here?
1: Yeah, I got to be honest. Like, there was a, a sizable portion of Badger fans that were frustrated with Paul Christ and getting to the point of, I don't want to say checking out, but kind of quasi-checking out. So, there's actually... The Badgers right now have a lot of new coach energy, for better or worse, right? Like, there is a lot of optimism riding on Jim Leonard, who for a long time has been considered, like, the dude in waiting. Like, you can't name coaches in waiting anymore, but Badger fans have, for a long time, worried about losing Jim Leonard to another job. So now it's kind of his opportunity to have the job. Um, And the the real big storyline here is, if he seizes it, like, if he... And that doesn't mean winning five games down the stretch, necessarily. This is still a very flawed Wisconsin Badgers team. But if Wisconsin looks a lot better and step one is done, they went into East uh, Evanston and beat uh, a bad Wildcats team, but they beat them down 42-7, to right? So if Jim Leonard continues building on this, it's his job. And that's really where, where Badger fans are tuned into now is, you know, do we see the continued improvement? Does the team play a little more disciplined? And um, that's a big storyline. And that's definitely a reason Badger fans are checking in. so from our perspective, it's probably a little different uh, from a Michigan state uh, fans perspective, but there's a lot actually riding on this now and a lot of optimism and kind of good feelings going into this, this game in East Lansing. I am curious yeah, uh, from a Badgers fans perspective, you know, obviously Mel Tucker last year was an incredible season. Uh, he's yeah, totally really, really well-spoken had tons of energy. It, it feels it's like great. he's rejuvenated in a lot of ways, East Lansing and that program, and the fan base rallies around him. However, Four straight losses. Like, what? what is the, the kind of mood there?
0: Well, four straight losses doesn't even tell a story. These are four straight losses that, for the most part, have not even been competitive either. Uh, you know, the first the first loss, Washington, okay, game's over at halftime. Uh, you get boat raced against Minnesota at home. Uh-oh, that's where we start to lose cabin pressure. Maryland, okay, we were kind of in that game until the second half rolled around, and then, well, Ohio State is an NFL yeah. team, so that, that yeah. happened. So, look, uh, short-term, vibes are absolutely horrendous right now. I still think that it will be a buzzing atmosphere at Spartan Stadium this weekend because it is homecoming. So, uh, that's going to bring the fans together. Of course, you get a marquee matchup like Wisconsin. And also, this could be the last breath of air that Michigan State could possibly have this season. You you lose this game, (sighs) oh, boy, we're going to see how many people show up to the Indiana game and Rutgers game at the end of the year. So. This might be the last best game to go to for Spartan fans, which could add to the atmosphere here. Now, long term, I don't want to rant about it. I I don't know how much Badger fans care about it, but I do like Mel Tucker still long term. And I think, you know, the majority of Michigan State fans still feel that way because, well, how do you dig yourself out of this hole? It's recruiting. How do you recruit off of a season that might not even end in a bowl game? Well, that's the $95 million question, and that's why you pay Mel Tucker the big bucks to get Michigan State out of this hole that they're already in. Now, that's not to say that he's completely absolved from all the coaching faults this year and everything like that, but yeah, it it is a talent disparity so far this season, and uh, we'll see if we can rally behind the home crowd this Saturday to just try to get some momentum because we are running out of games here to claim bowl eligibility. We're 2-4. and We need four wins, and the only four games I can see as wins are, well, this weekend. Even though we're seven point underdogs here, and then we got to go to Illinois, and that's after going to Michigan. Will, oh, they're going to try to lay the hammer on you because they don't like mm-hmm. Mel Tucker beating you two years in a row. And then you got Indiana, then you got Rutgers. So yeah, like you got to win these four games of Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana, Rutgers to hopefully stumble into the Quick Lane mm-hmm. Bowl or Duke's Mayo Bowl. So uh, that's the big storyline for Michigan State here. Is, is bull eligibility still going to be on the table after this weekend?
1: Well, and that that Illinois game is, is suddenly a pretty tricky contest in the Big Ten. Big time.
0: Big yeah, must yeah. really
1: got them firing. Um, I want to yeah. I want to pivot to recruiting here for a second because there there is a big storyline on the Badger side, and I I've been waiting all week to ask you this question, so I'm really interested in your take on this. Um, obviously, Saïd Khalif, the Michigan State recruiting director, left Madison. He started off in Madison under Paul Christ. Uh, when Saïd left, I don't want to say he burned bridges, but he did make it very clear. That he's going to Michigan State because they provide me with better resources, more people, I can better do my job uh, under Mel Tucker. And then we've seen, listen, we've seen Michigan State's recruiting very, very strongly taken up yeah. Um, Yep. And conversely, we've seen Wisconsin for Michigan State fans who may not know the last two classes at Wisconsin have been very, very poor, very mediocre. Uh, would be putting it kindly. How big of an impact is Saeed Khalif actually? Because there is a contingent of fans who mm-hmm. argue. Um, that the recruiting department isn't the biggest deal, and people are going to Michigan State because Mel Tucker has new coach energy, because he's incredibly well spoken, because they have a lot of money. I'm yep. curious, where, where, where the break? Where's the breakdown there?
0: Yeah, I think it's a little bit of cocktail of both. You know, obviously Mel Tucker, great marketer. He's from Georgia, from Alabama. He knows all the ins and outs about how to build a program and, you know, have yourself perceived as one of the top programs in the country as well. But you need a strong right-hand man to do that, right? And I think that's where Saeed Khalif comes in. And Michigan State fans, like, look, we're enjoying the recruiting season right now, which is something that we've never been able to say really before Mel Tucker stepped in. Like, there's an emphasis now on recruiting, and I think Khalif, Has to be a big part of that, right? Mm -hmm. Because he was known, even at Wisconsin, for being the relationship guy. You know, obviously, hey, you want to sell early playing time. You want to sell the brand. You want to sell NFL prospects. But also, too, like, there's a family aspect that comes to committing to a team. So you see Michigan State right now, after a recent decommit, still sitting at 13 commits for next year's class. Nine four-stars, though. And that's going to be tied for the best right now if everything stops. And there's still, you know, some time to go before (laughs) National Signing Day. So, yeah, you get that on one hand, but also, too, just like you mentioned, like, Wisconsin, when he left, kind of fell off. So we really are seeing, OK, what a good recruiting department does for a team like Michigan right. State, a team trying to build up. But also, too, yeah, if you do look on the other side of the fence, teams that aren't putting that big emphasis on recruiting or trying to fill a big hole. I mean, that that's another great exhibit B of how important recruiting is. So, yeah, we're taking lessons just looking at ourselves, but also if you look around them. It's it's hard to say that Khalif isn't making an impact, and maybe it's an even bigger one than a lot of fans, maybe myself included, even realize now. So, yeah, that's right. right. it's a fascinating thing, though, right? Because Wisconsin and Michigan State maybe just from the outside seems like a lateral move, but that is a bold statement he made by saying, like, oh, no, they're actually going to give me stuff that I want, and you're not. So, like, I don't know. It's almost like Michigan State is saying to the world that, oh, we're going to make this hurdle. We're going to be one of the big boys and not be a middle tier. So it's just like a fascinating power, power play of politics and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's not so. Michigan State definitely makes a, a
1: commitment financially to the athletic department that I think a lot of bad yeah. fans honestly are enviable of. Now, I would say at times, bang for the buck matters, right? Like there's, there's plenty of um, totally. examples of programs who throw money around and, and don't get results. Oh, yeah. So it's not just oh. money, but, <laughs> right. you know, Saeed definitely left for better opportunities in his mind, in his opinion. And we've seen the results at, at Michigan State. And like you said, it's probably a cocktail of a lot of things. I certainly, when you hear Mel Tucker talk, and I'm a Wisconsin fan, I'm not, listen, right. I'm not a Mel Tucker guy, but yeah. I would run through a wall for Mel Tucker. Like when you hear him talk, he he inspires so <laughs> a crowd, he inspires a room. So yeah, certainly that's a part of recruiting, right? When the head man and Paul Christ, for all of his, his pros, uh, Paul Christ did a lot of great things at Madison. He doesn't have that same type of, sure. Um, I would say aura bravado, or that or me, whatever, yeah, yeah. bravado. that Mel Tucker mm-hmm. has. So I think that certainly plays a part in recruiting as well.
0: Yeah, marketing is marketing, and uh, look, it, it, that's that's how you got to get yourself back to the top. Here is even if you're not a top program, you know, even if you are two and four this season, uh, you gotta you gotta be the world's greatest salesman, and you can't do that without the utmost confidence. And I th- think that's what Mel Tucker company has right now. And look, I mean. It, that's all we have to hang our hats on right now because we know that this season isn't necessarily going to be a full winning season again. Um, So look, we're all just circling December 21st on our calendar because that's national signing day. And uh, Uh if they can keep this class intact, okay, we mitigated the damage of what this season has done. So there you have it. Uh, Ryan, what do you, what do you say we, talk about the game talk about each other's teams uh I'll ask you about your team or you ask me about me my me team uh yeah let's let's see how this uh, nuts out here after this short little break shall we I, well, a lot let's, of it. Nuts. let's keep going let's do it why not but first got to talk to people's ear off about bet on line Ryan we are looking at Wisconsin minus 7 on the road at Spartan Stadium do you have an early read on this game right
1: now yeah of, yeah uh i i think Wisconsin's going to win but i am taking michigan state to cover going on the road is always tough as you mentioned homecoming sure. uh it's a big desperation play for michigan state in this game they're gonna have to come out and start early um i i would yep. say the other thing too really quick on this game with the bet online um wisconsin caught northwestern with some looks that they hadn't had before michigan state's gonna okay. have them on tape, and i think they're gonna be a little bit better prepared for the new offense that wisconsin's been running
0: Well, uh, I'm going to take Michigan State plus 7-2 just because, look, we can't lose every single game by double digits, right? Like, something's got to give. we got to lose one of these games just by a touchdown or less. Uh, So when I make that wager, I'm going to do it at betonline.net because they are the number one source for football betting this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf, is at BetOnline. What are you waiting for? Head to BetOnline.net. Use your mobile device. Learn more about the trends and action. That is at BetOnline, where the game starts. And before we kick off the second segment, Hey, Badger fans, Spartan fans. Thanks a lot for giving us a listen yes. every single day. Ryan Herring's doing great work over there at On Badgers. I'm just trying my best over at On Spartans. So there we have it. Uh, do we do rock, paper, scissors for who just talks about whose team first? How do you want to do this? Um, Uh Uh-oh, you just cut out. I cannot hear you. Oh, this is a great start to the segment. No, it's good. It's good. We're back. We're back. We're back. We're thriving. You know what? I got to say. Much like our
1: seasons this year, by the way. Interruptions, (laughs) mistakes, miscues, technical difficulties. Can we just call this season technical difficulties? Can we
0: do that? I'm happy we made it out of the first quarter of the podcast before they started happening. though. That's uh, uh, a nice little twist on our season over here. Um, I got to say, my my ears perked up when you said new offense. So uh, this is a lazy question hey elaborate on what you mean by that because we all know wisconsin is just the, the ground and pound ground and pound ground and pound okay a little five-yard out route ground and pound gro- what's going on with the the banners offense this year that we could expect this so,
1: so you probably see me visually perked up a little bit here i'm so excited for this this yeah. is, this has been one of the greatest developments of the last week of my life right which is mm-hmm. a low bar but so for the longest <laughs> time paul christ has has run the offense essentially like we've had offensive coordinators but it's really been in the image of what paul chris wants to do two tight ends, gotcha. pull back, And it's the last couple of years has gotten really stale Um, running into eight, nine man boxes and just hoping that eventually you're going to break through that wall. Well, Paul Christ, obviously we talked about it is gone. Bobby Ingram, the new offensive coordinator that he brought in this season last week was really his first week where it was just him. And we, as Badger fans, we don't know what the actual mix was prior to that. How much of it was Paul Christ and Bobby Ingram. There was some type of mix there, Mm -hmm. but last week in Bobby Ingram's first real opportunity, it's just himself calling the offense. We saw a bunch of RPO action, which we hadn't seen previously, five or six times, putting Mertz in the gun, um, throwing up first first down, which, again, I'm, I'm saying, like, oh. these are really simple things, but for a bad job, like, for, <laughs> I get know, it. like, I get it. <laughs> low-hanging fruit, right? Really low-hanging yeah. fruit, but first yeah. down play action, first down in the gun with Mertz, second and four um, in the gun yeah. with Mertz, running, running out of the shotgun. You know, there were some instances, first and goal, they went five wide. And through in, in the second quarter, third quarter. With
0: Wisconsin? Mark, Wisconsin? Oh, Wisconsin. Wow. So, yeah,
1: Look the minds are like exploding. <laughs> and there's, listen, there's still a lot of, we're going to hand it off to Braylon Allen. We have a fullback. Because yeah. you're not going to change the playbook in the middle of the season. But what we did see, and I did a whole show on this. Uh, what we did see is uh, different sequencing, right? And that's maybe the biggest issue with Wisconsin. It's been run, run, pass. Run, run, pass. Mm-hmm. Third down, yep. pass. And now we started to see first down pass, second and four run. So the sequencing's been different and adding some RPO action, putting Mertz in the gun earlier, got him a lot more comfortable. So we're gonna see it. I think it's gonna continue to evolve a little bit, right? I think Ingram's gonna continue to evolve that a mm-hmm. little bit. And that's really what is interesting for Badger fans to see where this offense can kind of continue growing.
0: And you know what? I, I gotta say, uh two years ago, or no, before last season. Liquidated my entire 401k, uh, all my assets, sold my car, and I put all my money in Graham Mertz stock. No no one was a bigger fan of Graham Mertz than me. Not even his own family members love Graham Mertz the way I love Graham Mertz. The stock kind of plummeted a little bit last year. Uh, Where Mm -hmm. are we at now with the Graham Mertz experiment? Has he gone back up a little bit? Is he still what he was last year? Or talk to me about Graham Mertz and what's been going on with
1: him. Yeah. You know, the funniest thing with Graham Mertz, man, is – if you were to tell a Badger fan, um, Paul Chris got fired this year. The team's three and three. It's it's massively underperformed up to this point. Right. And Graham Mertz has been maybe the best player on offense. Wow. The, yeah. None of it makes <laughs> sense. Right. I, I, You know, my buddy, uh, Justin Joko, a friend of the show, sent me a text. He said, hey, guess who's second in the conference in passing touchdowns right now? It's Graham Mertz. Mertz is 13, which I didn't know. You know, so what Mertz has been able to do is he's actually been really good this year. And it's really the pieces around him, the ecosystem around him that's kind of failed him. And, you know, I think you should hold on to the Mertz stock. Not that it's fully rebounded from right where it was. it, But it, the, the it thing doesn't. that people kind of forget about with Graham Mertz is he's been in a broken ecosystem for basically his entire career. And that's not to put all that on Paul Chris. He's had a different offensive coordinator every single season. You know, his, his receiver core really hasn't been the greatest. Uh, pass protection last year was pretty bad. A lot of that's starting to get fixed. though so the Badgers receiving core is about as good as they've had in a while. They have a lot of young weapons that people aren't familiar with, mostly because we've been such a ground and bound team. Um, the right. pass protection has been better. And now, just last week, we're starting to see Bobby Ingram put Mertz in situations, again, sans Paul Christ, where he's able to make some throws in his comfort zone. Like in high school, if you go back to the Mertz film, he was a shotgun guy, an RPO guy, spread the field, throw it down, like just let it rip. And we started to see a little bit of that against Northwestern with the Braylon Allen power running. So I would hold on to the Mertz stock, although clearly from where it was to where it is now. Yeah, you've lost some value there, unfortunately. Listen, John Kondo guy has multiple grammar. It's autographed rookie cards. I'm right there with you.
0: Hey, like, we're, let's we're, go. Gonna, nice. We're going to
1: we're gonna ride this wave together. So um, I would love hold it. on to it. He looked, he's looked really good this year, especially considering what the expectations
0: were. Look at us. Diamond hands. We, we're, we're not letting go <laughs> right. of this stock. We're, we're in it to the end, baby. Right. Let's go. Right. Um, I love it. One more uh, question about the offense is, look, when I hear Wisconsin football, I think of two things. I think of jump around and I think of, just elite offensive line play, just world-class offensive line play. How has the offensive line been this year, though? Is it that classic Wisconsin you could trust us to get you down the field with the run and protect you in the pass, or is it not just up to snuff of what you guys usually expect?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So, in the offseason, the Badgers, so the last couple of years, the, the Badgers offensive line hasn't played up to those standards, right? They've been fine, but they haven't been in that bulldozing group. Uh, in the sure. offseason, they let Joe Rudolph, who was the offensive line coach, go. He went out to Virginia Tech, and they brought in Bob Bostead, who is a legendary at Wisconsin offensive line coach. And a lot of people expected an immediate turnaround uh, because Bob Bosted has churned out. The best offensive lines in recent Wisconsin history were with Bob Bosted manning that position. And there's also an abundance of young talent. Uh, Wisconsin has, I believe it's eight, four, five-star offensive linemen on the roster right now from their recruiting, including multiple five-star tackles. And for whatever reason, the offensive line really still hasn't played up to the consistent level. And it's been hard to figure out. Um, The pass pro has actually been better, in my opinion, than the run protection. They have a really good left tackle, Jeff Nelson. Who um, had to miss a couple games? Unfortunately, he missed it. The night game against Columbus, which certainly didn't help. They were they were down both their starting tackles in Columbus. So, Ouch. yeah. I mean, listen, not that that really is going to change the equation. Columbus, yeah, but still, yeah. But still it, it doesn't help
0: For, from right? a health standpoint of your quarterback. Like that sucks. <laughs> yeah, <just laughs> it did not help. Um, yeah,
1: but the the pass protection's been pretty good. It's really been the run game where we have struggled getting the the consistent push that we used to where wisconsin used to be able to run against eight or nine man boxes it really didn't matter and now we just haven't been able to do that
0: totally and you know what really quick before you throw me in the hot seat here i I just have one question about the defense because look i point blank and i'm sorry for being so negative state fans but like we we need any helping get in the passing game it's been mediocre at best last four games The, the run game we just left that at the Akron game. Like that—that's been absolutely nowhere. So, uh, hey, point blank, Ryan, give us uh, Spartan fans some good news here. What are we most likely to succeed in when we have the ball in offense, or are we better off trying to run the thing against you guys, or should we uh, be airing this thing out, uh, or or none of the above? I guess I—I I don't know. I'm just God, I'm so helpless with the offense. No, you're good.
1: Listen, um, I guess I'm like your support. I'm not here. good. You're first good, of all, I'm not good. You're good.
0: I'm not good. good. I'm
1: not good. <laughs> We're gonna be okay here. Um. We're mediocre together, at least. Uh, I would say you yeah, know the defense go. is is interesting this year. I, they brought in a bunch of transfers to shore up the secondary, um, and they they think they can get their number one cornerback, Alexander Smith, who's been out all year, back from Michigan State. So that should help the pass defense a little bit. I guess that's not helping your your original question. Uh, the run defense really hasn't been as solid as it, it's been. You know they they've been they've had issues um, both against Illinois, Ohio State, well, Ohio State, Ohio State, but even Northwestern was able to break a couple runs. The the rushing defense coming off last year when they were almost historically good has taken a big step down. Uh the two inside linebackers are replacing two NFL guys. It hasn't been as plug and play as it's been in Madison in the past. Um so I think there is some success in the rushing game to be had. The passing defense has is gotten better, um, uh, but the pass rush hasn't been as strong as it's been in recent years. In recent years, you've had multiple Wisconsin linebackers really be a threat. Last year was Chanel, Samborn, and Herbig. Really, this year, only Herbig has been able to get home. Um, consistently, so I think from a pass protection gotcha. standpoint, you're going to be in a better spot uh, for the Michigan State passing game, and then the rushing defense for Wisconsin hasn't been as great either. You know, they were replacing a lot of guys, so you know it's not the Wisconsin defense of the last couple of years for sure. Solid unit, but not not outstanding.
0: We'll take it. All right, okay. You know what? I'm, I'm going to take MSU team total over then. That was another, which is probably 13 and a half. I don't really know what it is, but like, yeah. That, I think hey, over the
1: over is 47.5 on this game
0: with Bet Online. I think well, I I'll take the under, but ah, we'll see. You know end. what? We're, we're going to crunch the numbers here in a little bit. My crunchy numbers. I mean, just put two numbers in a hat and draw one out. Um, that's, that's what we got. Here. I love it. Um, all right. All right. Is, is it time to throw me on the grill uh, and uh, just absolutely incinerating with questions? Let's go. Showtime. Let's get it done. We got, questions.
1: We got questions. Let's get answers from the Michigan state guy. The first one, listen, we got to start here because it was a big storyline for Wisconsin. Uh, Jalen Berger, uh, transferring to Michigan State, uh, a player that came into Wisconsin with a lot of recruiting fanfare. Sure. Where has he been at this year? Has he lived up the expectations? Obviously, he to replace Kenneth Walker. but
0: And no one's going to do that, right? Like, no one's going to fill those shoes. But, yeah, we got two transfer running backs in the portal during the offseason. One, hey, Jalen Berger, just like you said, four-star kid, uh, runs with a lot of power, a lot of speed. And then the other guy from Colorado, his name's Jarek Brassard, former Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Year. Whoa, boy, has uh, there been a lot to be desired from those two. More so Jarek than Berger. Like, Berger, look, I'll, I'll be short. Berger's been fine. He, he's been okay. Um, the offensive line is not helping with the lack of holes that they are opening. And even the small times where the holes are open, like Berger's not even hitting them as much as he should. So, at the end of the day, like, he, he's he been just about the epitome of average, as you could hope for, which probably is making Badger fans smile. Like, oh, hey, okay, we didn't lose out on much. But, yeah, so far... It, it's not been good what also hurts michigan state's run game too is that well the last four games you've been behind in the second half a lot of the time so uh, we, we ain't even running the ball in the second half as much as uh, you would hope to because we're just trying to play catch up so no burgers unfortunately hasn't been a big factor the last four games here but uh yeah so that's unfortunately as as nice as i can be about that answer uh, so, surrounding jalen burger in our run game it's not good ryan it's not good it's not good. <laughs> and let's let's stay running game though, because I, I did have yeah. and obviously
1: seeing the scores, right? I, I yeah. you can tell the game script has gotten away from Michigan State a little bit, but still, three of the last four yep. games under fifty yards rushing. I believe I saw. Is, yep. is there a tendency? I I don't know the right way to answer ask this question, but have is it almost like Michigan State has folded a little bit in these games? Like because the Michigan State again that that culture that was always there was you know Spartan dogs was always a thing. You know they they just were tougher than anybody else.
0: Sure. Sure. Yeah. You know, yeah. And that just speaks more to the run game. That's the whole broad standpoint too, is like, look, and I can even make this about the defense as well, is that these games are out of reach very quickly. Like Washington went into the halftime locker room down. I think it was like 29 to eight or something like that. Like the, the defense is unfortunately continued their tendencies of last year, which is let any quarterback you play against get some great like draft film out there for the upcoming NFL draft. The secondary is just getting absolutely positively sliced up and, Look, I, I I hate to talk about injuries because it always sounds like an excuse, but when you have Xavier Henderson, Jacob Slade, Darius Snow, Chris Bogle, Jeff Petrowski out, I just named five starters, right? Mm. And four of those aren't even in the secondary. Like, four of those are part of your front six or front seven unit. Like, I hate to use it as an excuse, but at what point does the injury list just become a reason why the defense is also kind of getting battered? Like, last week against Ohio State, like, oh, hey, we got the young guys out there. Okay, they're going to get beat up pretty early against future NFL talents. So, like, our depth just wears away very quickly. Um, it's a great combination of both, is that our depth up front on defense is wearing away click- quickly. And our secondary is unfortunately just our secondary. And uh, so, yeah, this is why we get down so early. And then the offense just hasn't gotten off the starting blocks either. to start games. Um, turnover immediately last week. Um, the Minnesota game, going in the locker room with zero points. It's just... When things are this bad, everything is not working out, unfortunately. I, I, I'm sorry if that's a bad answer, that, hey, no, it's just everything is not good. But, yeah, like, look, you can look at any facet of the game for Michigan State, it just hasn't been good, whether it's defense or offense. So, yeah, that's
1: – Is there a feel <sighs> on um, Tucker as, as an in-game coach, adjustment-wise, coming out of halftime? Because, um, obviously, we talked – he checks a lot of the energy recruiting boxes. He does. How is he from the X's and O's spot?
0: That's that's the, the another big conversation. I was going to say the biggest conversation, but there's like four big conversations going around about Michigan State. And right now, like the defense up and down is talking about the scheme. Like this is the second year to row where defensive coordinator Scotty Hazleton is seeing his secondary get carved up. Well, gee, if only our head coach was also a secondary guy as well – Oh, wait a minute. He actually has taken the secondary under his wing in the offseason. So, yeah, I think it might be a little fair to question just how good of a secondary and Exynos coach he is. And, look, I I get there's also the other side of the argument, too, where it's like, hey, the defense is actually schematically correct. It's just that we don't have the guys that can run it. Okay, but the other side's talking now. Like, okay, isn't that on the coaches, though, to scheme something Mm -hmm. up that matches the personnel you have? After this large sample size from last year, shouldn't you realize that, hey, maybe this isn't necessarily working. Maybe we dumb things down a little bit and make something work. But no, it, we're, we're too far pot committed now. Like We're just going for right. it and hoping that we can learn something along the way. So no, it, the defense has been looking abject disaster. And when it's this bad for this long, you, you do have to look at the CEO. I know everyone wants to talk about the defensive coordinator, but yeah, like Mel Tucker's got to wear some of the blame too. And the offense—I don't know what to tell you. Like the offensive line has just been not that great, and when your offensive line is not that great, it doesn't matter what you're dialing up on offense. Like you're so handcuffed to what you could actually do. So it's—it's it's been just—I—I'm I, a little more lenient to give the offense some leash here. So yeah, but uh, it's yeah. I mean, you, you got to question it when it, when you're two and four, and your last four games have all been double-digit losses. So it's only fair to question how he is as an in-game coach. Right.
1: Well, it's one of those things where the numbers kind of back up the results too. I mean, Michigan State, not yeah. long is last in the Big Ten and defensive metrics across yeah. the court, almost. Which is right. weird because again, when I think of Michigan State, I know that I know it's different because there's a different coach, different culture, but that's not yeah. how I remember Michigan State. And that's not how I think Michigan State needs to play. Um, totally.
0: So, totally.
1: the here. I want to talk Clayton Thorson a little bit, who was, I thought coming into the year, one of the better Big Ten quarterbacks. I still think talent-wise, he's one of the more talented quarterbacks in the Big Ten. But how much of last year was he able to play off Kenneth Walker, play action off Kenneth Walker? Right?
0: A lot of it, which is what we're learning right now. He was dynamite off the play action, no question about it. And uh, look, I I was the conductor of the Peyton Thorne train, which, wow, I got to look at myself in the mirror now because two years ago, I was on the Graham, uh, Graham Mertz train, Went off the rails Uh, this offseason. Hey, everyone relax. Peyton Thorne's great. It's all going to be okay. And, uh uh-oh, here here we are again, going off the same tracks we just went off with with Mertz last season. So, uh, yeah, besides me being a kiss of death, uh, the offensive line, look, it all goes back to that, I think. hasn't necessarily given him the most confidence that he can drop back in the pocket most games. And it really happened early in the season too, like even against Western um, sometimes against Akron Washington too, where he was scampering out of the pocket. And I don't think he has a lot of faith in the pocket. Now, is that to say that, Oh, he's completely absolved from all of his issues. Like, no, his decision-making has been sub uh, suspect as well this year as well, which is something I thought he did great last year. You know, whenever he took a risk, it was always calculated. He never threw Michigan state in a bad spot. This year is a little different, though. Like he has taken risk. Like right off the top, look, last week's game against Ohio State, first drive of the game, let's just, let's just let's just bomb one into triple coverage really quick. Let's just see how right. that works. See, see well, it unfortunately, works. it worked out the way that everyone thought it would work out. and Ohio State, picked the ball off. It's like that is not a throw he would make last season. I think so. Look, is it a pressure mounting on him? He knows that the season's right. weight is on his shoulders. Maybe is it the offensive line is making him do things that he really isn't comfortable doing? Maybe I. Yeah, so uh, that's a long way of me saying that we've we've also lost value in the Peyton Thorn stock from last season as well, and now we got a good faction of the fan base that are rooting for uh, Noah Kim, our backup quarterback, to come into the game here. So hmm. well, we'll see well, would, if that happens in the second half.
1: Yeah, I would take on here with with who again I think he's, he's a very talented quarterback. We've literally seen it on the field. It, uh, right, it comes I know. down. A lot of times, the ecosystem, right? Which we talked about yeah. when you said uh, recruiting, everything kind of matters. With the quarterback, everything kind of matters, right? And if you lose yeah. your offensive line is isn't as good, it's not as cohesive, and now you're in bigger holes. You feel more pressure to score quickly. Your security blanket with Kenneth Walker's gone. You can't play action as effectively. Like it yeah. all matters, you know. And the quarterback's the biggest part of the ecosystem, but he's just still a part. Um, let's let's make some game yeah. predictions here. I think we've okay. kind of uh, wallowed in our. <laughs> Our, uh, yeah,
0: vibes are high right now. Yeah, we're both feeling great leaving this conversation. <laughs> this is this is awesome. <laughs> Everything's okay. Uh, yeah. Well, hey, Nothing, you know what? Uh, uh, we don't sugarcoat anything. You know, we can say that That's we don't true. sugarcoat Authentic. things, and we and we and we laugh to keep from crying too. Ryan, we, we're good at That's that as it. Well. And
1: basketball starts soon. We this isn't a basketball Basket? show, but <laughs> right, it's Close. coming.
0: Close, we're, close. <laughs> we're almost it's there. Coming.
1: Yep. All right, let's let's uh, do some predictions. We both kind of talked about uh, the spread of seven. We we both took Michigan State to cover. Um, yeah. Did you have Michigan State covering and winning, or oh, losing a close no. game?
0: No, okay. no, I, I'm going to have them losing a close game here. And look, what what could maybe give State fans a glimmer of hope is that. We might have Jacob Slade coming back, who is that run-clogging defensive tackle. And, look, I know it's just one guy, but I think he really is that big of a name. Like, we're talking potential first-team All-Big Ten if he didn't get hurt earlier this year. So, he could maybe mitigate the damage the Badgers can do on the ground. However, look, we're not too far removed from watching Tanner Morgan look like the second coming of Steve young uh, at Spartan stadium. Like he, he looked elite against our secondary. I don't think Graham Mertz is going to have an issue pass against Michigan state. It pains me to hear that you guys are jazzing it up here with the exotic passing uh, plays here. You're not just going run, run pass. Um, So with that said, yeah, I I like Graham Mertz. Uh, I I don't like Michigan state secondary. So give me Wisconsin 24 points and Michigan state. 19. Something weird. Uh, Yeah, just something really strange for us on a nice homecoming Saturday here. So that's that's what I got. So that gets you
1: under the 47. So you're taking the under as well. Yeah, like it's, it's so a funny, little under 47. the 47. Yep. yep. It's so funny, by the way, when we're talking and you're like, yeah, it's the exotic passing stuff. And I'm like, we passed on first down.
0: That's exotic <laughs> to me. Yep.
1: Right. I'm. Um, I. I live through the too. Dave
0: Warner era at Michigan State, where that's exotic to me. <laughs>
1: right. right. For me too. I'm like, we threw a receiver <laughs> right. screen. Did y'all yeah, see that? Right. I was like, texting my Badger fans, like, that's legal, right? That wasn't a handoff. <laughs> this is is it good. This is nuts. <laughs> so no, I I'm right there. With, I, listen, I think there's actually a lot for as chaotic on the outside as a coaching turnover, firing an yeah. established coach looks. I actually think the Badgers are in about as good a spot as you can be with that because Jim Leonard is a Wisconsin guy. He's very respected like, and he's, he's been being groomed for that role um, unofficially. So it's, it's not as chaotic as it appears to be honest. And frankly, I think there's some new coach energy. I think, I think Paul Chris just got a little long in the tooth and he wanted to play football. Like it was 1992. And he's a Mm -hmm. super good guy. This is not a dancing on Paul Chris grave thing. The dude won 70% of his games and got fired,
0: which is good coach for a while. Yeah.
1: Yeah, good, Not a great coach in 2021. So I actually yeah. think – or 2022. I guess it's 2022
0: now. Same difference. Actually, same difference.
1: Really same difference. I actually think there's some good mojo riding with the Badgers, despite what people on the outside kind of look as, as a chaotic situation. So I'm going to take mm-hmm. the Badgers to win. I do think a roadie uh, is always tough in the Big Ten, especially starting later. The crowd's going to be more jazzed up. It's a big moment for Michigan State. Yeah. I got like a 24-20 type game, so I'm right under the 47. Um, but I do think the Badgers win. Michigan State covers. And it's probably not going to be the prettiest game, uh, which should shock nobody listening to either no. of these shows. <laughs> right.
0: right, but I will eat up every snap of this slot mm-hmm. that we are about to see on Saturday. Uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a great time. It's going to be a great time regardless. Uh, everyone, hey, let's stay hydrated. Let's try to mix in a water on Saturday too. Just um, get it in early. Yeah, get it in there. Yeah, just you know, have a cup of water with your breakfast and you're good to go the rest of the day. I think yep. that, I think that's sound medical advice for for our fans. Yep. So there you we get go. the
1: hydration reserve in, and then you're good you're good really for the rest of the day. And you're Sweet. gonna probably need a little bit of help to get through this game potentially.
0: Look at that. Bang. That's locked on badgers. This is locked on Spartans. and now locked on medical advice. We have done it. We have guided people successfully, hopefully to Saturday. Um Hey, regardless, one team's going to win, and one of us is going to have a great weekend. Uh, but regardless of the outcome, Ryan, hope you have a hope you have a great weekend. Just just not like an outstanding one from like four p.m. to eight p.m. Eastern time. So yeah, that's
1: no. It was a lot of fun, man. I it. appreciate it. It was this was a good crossover. This is, I think, the favorite
0: okay. one I've done so far. You know what? I, I'll I'll whisper it because I don't want to you know upset anyone. Me too. Me 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 too. <laughs> me too. This, this, this is a good oh. time. So uh, there we go. Hey, a combined. Uh, hold on, let me do the Spartan math here. A combined and seven on the season but you know what that's as fun as it could possibly get for a crossover episode that's Mm -hmm. ryan herrings locked on badgers matt Sheehan locked on spartans go enjoy the rest of your week you beautiful people love you all let's go let's go let's go